Hello, Hello there. there. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Jacob. I'm Eli. And in our 35th episode today, we are going to be continuing our chronological watch through of Star Wars The Clone Wars, and we're going to be talking about the Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons from Season 1. So yep. let's that's get into it. That's what we're doing. First, before we get into it, I just want to say happy 2021, everyone. This is the first in a galaxy episode of 2021. Um, we're wishing everyone a happy new year. And yeah, let's get into this. Um, sh so let's get into, of course, we got our fortune cookie. Um, the infamous fortune cookie. Um, fear is a disease. Hope is its only cure. What did you make of this one? Because I, I thought it was... I loved it. Really? I thought it was a little weird. What did you like about it? To be to be completely honest, I love this. Um, it feels like a message that we all need right now. Honestly, you know, there are going to be a lot. You know, I remember in our final episode of season one of In a Galaxy a long, long time ago, um, we were talking about the line that Karth said, the new KOTOR, um, the whole planet's under quarantine and how it took on new meaning as we had to enter a literal oh, quarantine. Gosh. This yeah. episode, this arc is so relatable in a way I never expected it to be because they were about to be in the midst of a galaxy-wide pandemic and we are now in the midst of a global pandemic. And yeah, it's a... Uh, it, it hits it's hard. It's a little too soon. And um, it... You know, fear is a disease, hope is its only cure. You know, there's a lot of fear going around of many different things. And it feels like, you know, um, I was rewatching The Last Jedi the other day. Hope is like the sun. Uh, if you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. It feels very, this whole thing, fear is a disease, hope is its only cure. Very Star Wars, very like the power of belief and hope and it, it's it's light versus dark all over again, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, Maybe it's a little corny, but like, you know. Yeah. Um, getting into some of my thoughts, I don't have yeah. a good... I, 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 my, my thoughts are a little scattered on this episode, so I apologize for not having a good... I don't have something good to bounce off of that, but um, first off, you know, we have the, uh, the announcer... Um, said uh battle droids on naboo and i thought oh what this again nothing about the fortune cookie just wondering no nothing about the fortune okay. cookie i was just gonna say i thought it was a little weird i didn't really think it fit very well but um okay that's maybe fair. it was just something that i didn't see that's fair what i did notice if we're going to start from the beginning of this episode and kind of work our way through some of the main points i think jar jar here is better than in the movies i'm gonna be honest but still, in the scene when they're uh, kind of interrogating, and then he the makes the tactical shelves collapse, or just the regular, yeah. And then I, I think he gets it, like he gets his head stuck in a droid dome. Um, he's yeah. trying to eat this bug, and his tongue gets stuck in some gears. And then, like, I think the juxtaposition of that combined with us, like the episode trying to frighten us with the breaking news of, of this virus and kind of the awful realization that something really really insidious and dangerous could be at work here it doesn't it's work. kind of outrage it seems kind of outrageous to me i'm not gonna say it works or doesn't work but i just think it's outrageous i think jar jar's antics kind of 
I will say that they undermine the tension and the seriousness of the moment. And, but I think that could be on purpose, given that we're in season one of what is ostensibly a kid's show, especially at this point. The Clone Wars is a kid's show. I'm serious, though. Like, as it's rolling out, it's meant to be a kid's show, but like, you know, we. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they use Jar Jar on purpose. There are rules and then there are exceptions. This is a really kind of dark, dark arc. And I think that Jar Jar is probably being used on purpose. And may, and maybe now for for anyone who isn't like a small child, maybe it maybe it feels jarring. But I think that I think that this is kind of maybe what George Lucas was going for. But I think that Jar Jar here is just a bit less of a facepalm inducing Oh, I don't know. For me, I feel like there's only one Jar Jar, no matter what form he's in. I feel like he's always the same amount of annoying to me. Um, really, because I feel like he's different. I feel he's more, I don't want to say competent, but I want to say he's more important in the he, Clone Wars. He talks more competent. He doesn't he ta- do more competent. Well, I he's, think he does. Like, think about, um, he's like, the, I know that he does almost screw up the entire mission by destroying the droid i know he is super clumsy or whatever they want him to be and his actions lead to a lot of truly catastrophic screw-ups like like in bombad jedi he crushes uh padme's and station also the ship gets episode, destroyed like it's he's just kind of responsible for the rescue and yeah. he ends up i will say the day so i will I say that he does yeah. get more dimension from that I will say, jumping a little bit ahead, sorry, to the mystery of a thousand moons, I do find it insanely cruel that if all of them, the only one who doesn't get the blue shadow virus down there is Jar Jar. I'm like, why do you do this to us? All the characters we love have the coronavirus, sorry, blue shadow virus, and all of the, uh, and all, and the only character that annoys us, of course, is spared. Um, I'm gonna be honest though i'm gro- i'm growing like i think my heart is thawing a bit for jar jar i don't know he's more relatable i think he my heart's hardening if anything actually I, think <laughs> I was the one who cut jar jar more slack than you did in the past and i think our positions are reversing um <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yeah um i gotta say i know you were saying naboo again i like seeing naboo again it almost want made me want to see like the prequels in Clone Wars animated style. Oh no, I'm not saying I didn't like seeing Naboo. Um, the premise of a droid invasion, though, even though I'm I'm really just talking about that specific line, just makes me think, oh my gosh, this yeah. again, again. Even though it's totally different, but yeah. I do think that there was some beautiful animation. Um, they're they're only very brief, but a couple of the wide shots where it's just one ship moving across um this uh panoramic uh painting. I assume, or or depiction of feed and the royal palace is just, uh, it, it's just truly stunning. I might have to uh, post it on Twitter and, and say something about it because I think yeah. it's that. Uh, it, I think it's, it's that beautiful. Naboo is a great planet. I love Naboo. We've had so many guests on in the galaxy say, you know, we have that question about vacation where you'd spend it. There are so many people who'd say Naboo. I gotta update that question because um, too many people say Naboo. I gotta I gotta think of a different question. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, but it's really, really fun, and I, I like seeing Naboo again. Um, what, what do we got? Um, C-3PO at the beginning of this episode has a bad feeling about this, um, which is our low-hanging fruit. Let's see if I have other low-hanging fruits in here. 
Um, oh, I've got um, some. Anakin, Obi-Wan's talking to Anakin about Padme, um, and mirroring him also talking to Anakin about Padme in Attack of the Clones, he says, you seem a bit on edge. Um, oh, yeah. What else? Let's see. On that note, though. That's, that's, um, that's, yeah. On that that's, note, it seems so insanely obvious that Anakin... I know, right? Padme in this episode and the next episode in, in, this in Mystery of a Thousand Moons too. How did they not? How did they not? It's ridiculous. I know it. Yeah, I also love. I also love Padme at the beginning of this episode. She's like, uh, the, the Jedi Council are like, yeah, we can only spare a couple Jedi. Hey, maybe what about Anakin and Obi Wan? Yeah. Mm. No, for no reason, just I think they'd be good at this. Kenobi has some, some some familiarity with the Gungans. No reason, absolutely not, no. That to me seems so, of all the things, that seems incredibly imprudent of her to ask, to actually just ask for, uh, to ask for Anakin, you know? Like, I get that Anakin would probably, like, kind of try and manipulate his side of things to that, to get near Padme for a bit. Now that's the, the other question I have opposite sides of the galaxy but given that padme is in like every political meeting we ever see in the clone wars and now she is like manipulating her way into being with her husband more how much political power does she have she must be i mean i've said this before and this only <laughs> this only makes me think it's uh tr more true or truer now that she she is must be one of the most influential politicians i mean like of all time i should hope so but then again we'll see later on in the show seasons three and four if she's so influential she's not doing a great job of getting her message across yeah that's true i mean i've touched on that before like we keep we we're, we keep being told by the story she's a great negotiator she's the person who can bring people together but we never see her convince anyone. She always just ends up saying, no, please don't join the Separatists. No, you have to believe me. This is a or mistake. Or even when she does make big speeches, they get ruined by something or the other. They and get ruined then, by, like, assassination attempts or, or... Whatever, and then everyone's frightened off and, you know. Um, anyway, so they break into a secret Separatist lab where they're making a disease... Uh, no, they're not making it, sorry. They're reviving a dead disease called oh my the gosh. blue shadow virus um the blue shadow virus is being uh manufactured i guess revived again by dr nuvo vindi which by the way um i i when i heard the name i knew nuvo vindi with the doctor when i heard that name again i was thinking back to the conversation we had with jared from the nerd academy podcast um Subjugator class, malevolence, nouveau vindi. Are we sure we're not the bad guys? I know. I mean, nouveau vindi. Like, I'm... Nouveau vindi is the most evil scientist name I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting character because he kind of give he kind of gives off like a. I mean, he is obviously a mad scientist. He kind of gives off a, a maybe German World War Two Nazi scientist like in the movies. That's weird that you say this. I literally wrote vibe. down. He's like he's like um toned down client mixed with Dr. Pershing. <laughs> yeah. But he he acts he acts so wildly and he's kind of so overblown. 
Yeah. That it undermines his ability to be feared. And I think Actually, that... I don't know. I I half the time I think I love Vindy and half the time I hate Vindy. It's they like... try and do this whole they try and Thanos him before Thanos in the movies. Before Thanos in the movies was a thing. He has this whole thing about how no higher life forms and humanoids are the real evil and we gotta let the we gotta let the viruses yeah, take over and I'm doing the galaxy a favor. I feel like that the would have war- been a really interesting idea, but it didn't really get fleshed out enough. It was a stupid idea. He was saying, uh, like, what was it? There's a line in here. Um, spreading the disease of war. You're joining the separatists, sir. But maybe he doesn't, maybe he's not a true believer. Maybe he just, uh, obviously maybe he doesn't realize that he's probably getting manipulated and the separatists only want, want it for the, they, they only want, his virus for its chemical warfare or know, biological warfare. The separatists warfare. are involved in a Central. war, and he's saying maybe we should wipe out all people who wage war. Like that is just so what? That, uh, that, 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 I mean, nah, that's a good point. I that, just... that doesn't make sense. I do like. I gotta say, um, I don't know if you noticed. I love his penchant to say yes like seventeen times in a row. Oh, he's like he doesn't say yes. He says yeah. He's like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like what's that about? That's so cool. That's so funny. Like it, it. There's part of this episode. Honestly, when we see the blue shadow virus, if if we see the blue shadow virus and we don't see Nuvo Vindi, this episode has a very scary sci-fi. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred hundred percent it's it, it has a, but like whenever new Vindy gets in there it feels like a cart like it feels more like a cartoon you know the i was talking last week trespass the new vibe the the darker tone i feel like that's all but gone in these really i, I feel i feel like these episodes had the potential they had the potential really really they dark they, they didn't really, really do scary. anything with it they, they, I mean, I don't think they delivered on it. I think that this arc would have been much better placed in a later season of the Clone Wars yeah, when, when they do get into some darker themes. Their because, footings, yeah. Like, I'm gonna get. I mean, we we can touch on this more later when when really die when it really gets dire. But yeah, I feel like the the feeling of desperation they really could have played that up more in these yeah. episodes. But I think that at this point, you know, they're still Filoni and the crew. They're still like really just trying to make a. Make a show that'll do well on the yeah. Cartoon Network and and get the kids interested. So you know, I don't blame oh, oh. them. I don't blame also, them. Also, did you notice catching this episode? Like Pardon? everyone catches perfectly this episode somehow. Like everyone, regardless of like you know, they're constantly like the blue shadow virus canister is constantly being thrown in the air. Everyone catches it without fail this episode. But that's it's miraculous. That made me think, though, when they're always like, "Oh, catch, catch," and and he's he's throwing the the canisters to try and uh, distract from his escape, Nuva Vindi. That is, why why isn't he or I not him, but why wouldn't Anakin and Obi Wan use the Force to catch them? It seems like they don't have to do all that elaborate stuff. But maybe there's something I don't get. Who knows? probably i would think it would be like the only explanation i can think of is that like you know it's that rush of battle and like sometimes you know they're just trying to don't have time to a a global not yeah like a galaxy-wide pandemic from happening yes they can use the force to catch it but you don't really think you know like like it's a danger sense you don't really think you just act on instinct 
Um, and I think that instinct for them is not using the force because, you know, it, like, the force is still just a tool, you know what I mean? It's not, like, literally, like, it is literally in you, but, like, you have to exert effort and think about how you do it, you know? You have mm, to do that true, visualizing yeah. thing and, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh... Yeah, so, um, let's see. Do you got anything more about this episode? I have a, I have a few things I okay, want sure. to talk about. Um, Go right ahead. You know, first off, I think I found maybe a Palpatine reference, maybe Revenge of the Sith. I don't know. Nouveau Vindy, he does say, I am creating life. And that, that, that reminded seemed... me of, uh, that reminded me of Palpatine saying, that... to create life. life. That reminded me of actually <laughs> that, Frankenstein. Just, that I thought that was a Frankenstein reference. Really? Like it, it, it's alive, you know that sort of thing. I I got a very science fiction like this is one of the most science fictiony things we've gotten in Star Wars. Oh yeah. A pan, uh, like a an evil scientist creating a like a scary virus that by the way you can see. Imagine how much more scary the coronavirus would be if you could see it. Yeah, you know I, mean, what I mean, like, I I know that's ridiculous, and like you know you can't see viruses, but like imagine if you could though. Yeah, the whole blue haze thing kind of confused me. It was a visual stuff. tool. That's what it was. It was I know, I know, it was totally a visual tool. It was totally again for the like totally for the children. And so you know, it, I, I can't. It's, really it's a show not tell that. thing, you know. Yeah. The one thing yeah. I noticed was um, we see again this debate that. Was it last episode where we uh, we talked about Jedi Crash and the Lorman episodes? Uh, yeah, I think that was last episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, whenever we talked about that, um, I think this again brings up the same moral debate as in that arc, where uh, you know, one character may have the urge to save one life that's important to them or important to the Republic or the Jedi, and with Padme, and how do you Mindy. weigh that against the well-being of many other people? Like, yeah. Obi Wan is is willing to potentially sacrifice Padme, Padme, and sacrifice the clones, and potentially even sacrifice all of Naboo and to Ahsoka prevent the even, virus, yeah. and Ahsoka, and and potentially and and so in his mind he's saying, well, if we let Naboo be infected, but if that gives us a better chance, like if Naboo's infected while we go in guns blazing to defeat the droids, that's worth it because it won't go farther than Naboo. Yeah. And on the other hand, we have Anakin saying, we can't do that. Like Padme's, Padme's in there, Ahsoka's in there. And these are people he cares, Rex it's too, all people again. he cares deeply about. So yeah. it's, again, it's the argument about, uh, like, how are you going to risk one many lives to, it's a to save problem. the one? Yeah. And we see, again, uh, like, the line being drawn of where Anakin and Ahsoka fall on that versus where Obi-Wan and, I guess, the other Jedi might fall on yeah. that. Uh, I have some trivia that I could okay. mention. Okay, low-hanging fruit, let's do this. All right, low-hanging fruit, some trivia. Um, this is from the uh, StarWars.com watch-along guide. It's very useful. It's some fun trivia in case anyone hasn't seen that. I wanted to pass it along here. Um, this was actually something I was wondering about during the episode. The laboratory was likely built, according to StarWars.com, so canon, during the original invasion of Naboo in The Phantom Menace, uh, possibly at the behest of Darth Sidious. And this is, um, the orange clones are the uh, clone ordnance specialists or bomb squad clones. Side note, these are some of my favorite clones. Um, as, a, as a young kid, I 
I think I had the Clone Bomb Squad Battle Pack maybe in Lego, perhaps. So I think that those clones made quite an impression on me for that reason. And and, and that is also why maybe I, I, I think I get super excited when they show up because I don't know if they show up again. But yeah, I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally dig them. Here's a weird thing. I don't know if you noticed this with the Blue Shadow Virus. At the end of Blue Shadow Virus, the episode, it seemed done. Like, there wasn't, like, there wasn't a cliffhanger. It seemed resolved. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Really because really odd. You're right. That's a good point. But I think I kind of like it, thinking about it now, because it's an in, it kind of reverses the usual story arc that we see in the Clone Wars, where when we have these multi-episode arcs of two or three episodes, the first or second episode, or each episode will leave off on a cliffhanger. Whereas on this episode it's kind of an interesting twist where you think it's all okay. You think it's yeah. over. And then next week comes out, boom, you're still there. All of a sudden, like plot twist, there's another problem. Yeah. Maybe it is. The maybe, only maybe reason the I have a problem with it, the only reason I have a problem with it is not because of that itself inherently. It's because of another problem that it links up to and makes a little bit more questionable. Which what does is it link up to? That this arc is only two episodes long. Because As, I feel like, I what I felt like is the next episode, we'll get to this, but Mystery of Dark Moons had to create another problem and then quickly wrap it up in the same episode which had created it and also go to another planet. It had, it messed, in my opinion, with the pacing of Mystery of Dark Moons. The, I'm going to get into this later. The reason I like the first episode of Blue Shadow Virus um, more than Mystery of Thousand Moons was because of pacing. It felt like Blue Shadow Virus had a steady pace, as most Clone Wars episodes did. I felt like mis the biggest flaw with Mystery of Thousand Moons is I wrote down, um, uh, I will say this episode zipped along quicker than Rise of Skywalker in its zippiest moments, which was a little <laughs> off to me. Um, and then I, and then I'll say how they could have, um, fix it fixed it when we get more into mystery of thousand moons but i felt like the like we really zipped around from one thing to another in mystery of thousand moons and it it it, it didn't like land the impact of any of the things as hard as i wanted it to that's just me though uh, that's interesting so you think that you you think that it felt as if there was a red you felt as if it had already resolved naturally and then they created they kind of slapped on another problem on the end no i think they had another out. problem in mind i think it, but i think even if even if like usually the problem we find out the next problem we find out the cliffhanger at the end of the at the end of the first episode and and so do the characters i think even if we got the problem presented to us at the end of the first episode but the characters didn't like that would have still been creative but i think it would have like maybe slowed the pacing uh and made it more reasonable in the second episode just my okay thoughts. that's fair um are ready to move on to mystery, mystery of a thousand, thousand moons? moons yep all right the um, fortune cookie here is a single chance is a galaxy of hope what do you think of that yeah sure like it's whatever like i, I i'm not so as funny because sorry go on i'm not as crazy about this fortune cookie um, the fortune cookies, I gotta say, with the notable exception of Blue Shadow Virus, 
have been letting me down recently. I feel like I feel like they become better as the show come uh, show goes on, just like the show itself. I think there were some good ones in the beginning. I feel like they have slackened as we're moving through this season, which I don't know. I feel like the fortune cookies have become a large part of the way we kind of dissect and give our take on these episodes. So I guess I guess I see where you're coming from, but that's funny because I actually really like this fortune cookie. It is very blunt, I will say that, but I think it ties nicely into the idea of persevering no matter what. And how often in Star Wars the protagonist has only one slim opportunity to succeed, one tiny sliver of hope, and they have to hang on to that for dear life, milk it for all it's worth, use that opportunity for everything that they can in order to get another sliver another another foothold to try and keep on climbing metaphorically speaking and so on and so on kind of reminds me of Jin or so's quote in rogue one can't remember exactly how that went but it was like we're, we're gonna keep taking every chance we can get let's get on to the episode mystery of thousand moons we find out that they didn't unvirus the virus as i wrote in my notes um so they have to unvirus the virus um they i forget what it was i think yeah it was the bombs that had the virus in it. One of the canisters was taken out at, um, before they de before they undetonated the bombs. So and, and like that little droid that Vindy had took it, and so it was still the virus was still um, there, and um, and it spreads uh they got a huge um uh, there's a huge amount of it that spreads and eventually um ahsoka and rex get the blue shadow virus in the lab uh and the virus spreads again and as a result of that um anakin and obi-wan have to go to the planet of iago i think um iago iago yeah something like that yeah to get a special route for that's been discovered to be the antidote. Um, let's flash back, actually, to episode... This is episode 35 of the Galaxy. Uh, Jacob, let's flash back to number episode number 10. Did you know we referenced okay. this episode? I was listening to it earlier because I knew it, it was in our one of our earlier episodes. We referenced this episode in episode 10 of the Galaxy. Argue an angel. Throw a line... Like, never hear from it again. But then, it gets picked up by the Clone Wars in its season one episode, Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Oh, Mystery of a Thousand Moons. I just He actually goes to the moons of Diego. That's... It's called, um, The Phantom Mimas. Really? Wow. Yeah. Here's how I know that. Jacob, I want to ask one question. Are you an angel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, this is one of the weirdest parts about this episode. Dave Filoni saw nine-year-old Anakin trying to flirt with 14-year-old Padme and decided, yeah, I want to make an episode about that. That is, that is, that is hilarious to me. Um, it's so weird. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not the end of the... It's not the end of the world, but it is... No, it's not. It but like, I just think it's so strange. Uh, so, yeah, they go to Iago to get this route. Um, uh, before we get there, I forgot about something else. Um, where, what was it? Oh, yeah. This is something I do love about Mystery of a Thousand Moons that I, um, uh, that I think was really interesting. Nuvo Vindi was not the villain of the Mystery of a Thousand Moons. 
the blue shadow virus was. How so? It was one of the, like, you know, the it, the ticking clock they had was that Padme and Ahsoka, later Padme, but Ahsoka and Rex got the virus, and if they don't do something soon, they could get, like, severely injured or even die. Um, and while that was Nuvo Vindi's fault, Nuvo Vindi was in Republic custody the entire episode. So I love that we, it was one of the first times that we did not have a sentient enemy. In You're right, it was world. kind of a, um, it was kind of a, uh, a man versus nature. Not yeah. men specifically, but you know, that term a when we're talking about different nature. types of conflicts. Yeah, it's human versus nature as opposed to human versus human, human versus society, which yeah. I think is interesting. We don't really see that. We don't see that much in the Clone Wars. A ton. And when yeah. it does come up, it, it usually is just... It usually just means that it's clones or Jedi stomping some animals that are attacking them. Yeah. And I think this is much more entertaining than that, personally. It's it's, it's much more thought-provoking. Um, yeah. Uh, so they get on to Aego, and this is, the like, one of the weirdest parts of the episode to me. They see a bunch of battle droids, and Anakin, like, cuts down... Uh, they, Obi-Wan says 17, and then Anakin corrects him, 18 battle droids. But the weird part was, the battle droids weren't shooting at him. I think Anakin was just seeing red. No, of course, but like, that's what I mean. It was, in, it was, Anakin was cutting down the battle droids, but the battle droids weren't shooting him. I'm not saying it's weird on Anakin's part, I'm saying it's weird on the Clone Wars part. It's weird to see battle droids that are not hostile. And then yeah. we find out that this kid Jabo, um, oh was... Jabo, I have some things to say about him. Oh my! Goodness. I have a weird head cannon about Jabo that I think is totally canon now. What's what's the head cannon? You go and say your thoughts about Jabo, and then I'll and because okay. I've been talking a lot, and I want to give you some. So room. first off, Jabo, Jabo's voice just cracks me up. He sounds like the ultimate young little dude bro in the making. <laughs> But this kid's situation is seriously messed up. Where are his parents or guardians? Is he in school? I don't know if does he interact with anyone other than those droids that that he reprogrammed. Well, you, we see him later in that council room on Iago. So we do. That's true. But still, that's not the same as having friends Absolutely your age. Not. It seems like he has. It doesn't seem like he has any peers. <laughs> and I think that this made me think that in Star Wars, we take a lot of things for granted. Yeah, that are actually super screwed up. The way we see so many of these characters who are like yeah. forced to be on their own and independent from a really young age. Again, never it's really suspension of disbelief. A support network. It's suspension of disbelief, but on this show, we suspend absolutely zero disbelief in something sometimes. So, you know. <laughs> That's what In a Galaxy is about. It's talking about the things you never thought to talk about. What's your headcanon? Okay. So I was watching The Last Jedi recently for doing trivia, and this is why I'm, this is headcanon. Jabo is the grandfather of Tamiri Blag. Okay, who's Tamiri Blag? We're, you're gonna Broom have boy. to Broom Boy. Yeah. How do you figure that one out? So here's my theory. This is like this is this is mostly a metaphorical theory about how the characters operate, but like Jabo sees firsthand the um magic of the jedi and anakin and obi-wan jedi knights in their prime and we see 
Tamiri Black at the end of The Last Jedi, and the, in the middle two, share a lot of that, like, bright-eyed optimism about the Jedi, and, you know, he, he you know, he, they have that whole scene where his, um, stablemates are explaining the Battle of Crate to him, uh, and how Luke Skywalker saved the day, and all of that kind of stuff, and I, I love, I would love to think that his grandfather, before he got abandoned and forced to work in the stable on, Can uh, on Cantonica, um, I love to think that his grandfather would tell him about the <laughs> good old days of the Jedi Knights when they'd, you know, help, uh, help, they'd, uh, clear a seemingly impossible to clear blockade and free a planet. Like, it's a weird theory and it totally is probably not canon, but I like to think it is. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I'm That's weird. Definitely an interesting theory. I don't really... Yeah, definitely a headcanon. I don't see definitely a headcanon. Definitely, I definitely headcanon in that I don't see any evidence for it. But it oh, is it's, like there's interesting no evidence. To think. There's it is, it's interesting no. to think about. So yeah, it's there's absolutely no evidence. Um, so uh, and then we find out that Iago is blockaded by this thing called Droll. Droll. This was the weirdest part of the episode for me. I'm like. I don't remember a ghost. Because I, I hadn't seen this episode in a while. I'm like, I don't remember a ghost, but are they actually going to go there? Turns out, no. But, um, by the way, uh, Jacob, this yeah. is also fitting with all the references to this movie in this arc, but they describe Joel as the phantom ruler who destroys anything that leaves the planet. You know what uh, another way of describing that is? What? A phantom menace. Oh my gosh. But um is we go back and I think this is where things really kick out up a notch. Once like once Ahsoka and Rex and some of the clones get infected and then, and once then they later contact, Padme. And later Padme, and then once they contact Anakin about it. I mean obviously we know what his reaction is. He goes nuts. Don't he, understand how no one he sees. He sees that. red, as you said, yeah. Yeah, he totally sees red. Um, I think the episode got surprisingly grim, and I think there was a pleasing kind of edge of urgency and, See, and, I didn't and a get lot of that. darkness to it. But I think that I think that they could have played that up a lot more. Yeah, if it was say. done in a later season. I remember. So I kind of think they shouldn't have put it this early in the show. Personally. Yeah, I thought but. the stakes were going to be higher. I was let down a little bit they by the seeming lack of stakes yeah, they didn't do i think because it was because they had to keep it because the show was still finding its footing and because this was when they were still probably like trying to keep it a little lighter it it, it, it felt like um actually it, it, yeah it felt like they didn't really fully know how to or or maybe it wasn't a matter of knowing how but not a matter of wanting to really play it up the way that we would expect like now having experienced how dark and grim parts of the clone wars and rebels got yeah but i do think that i like the way it kind of tied back the ahsoka and the clones getting infected tied back to the fortune cookie a single chance is a galaxy of hope how even after they get infected they don't lose hope they still know they have a chance to maybe make some kind of a difference maybe keep it on naboo Maybe maybe keep the uh, 
maybe keep it in, maybe keep the virus in the vault. And Ahsoka says, I mean, Ahsoka even says what she says. She says, don't worry about me. We still have a chance to stop the virus. And I think that's uh, that, that, that right there, that kind of, that felt super impactful. But again, it felt like it was a little bit, it felt like it was a little bit underutilized. Like they had the chance to really make us think about what that meant for Ahsoka to be saying that someone who was yeah. so young and, and yeah. so uh, kind of at this point, a little bit headstrong. We, you know, there's a lot of talk about how Ahsoka was um, so well developed as a character, as opposed to, I've he been hearing it a lot as opposed to Ray, which I don't particularly like, but regardless of that, I think we underestimate, like, Ahsoka, like, was already, and I'm not saying she has a lack of development, I think her development throughout the show is great, I'm just saying, I think we downplay sometimes the level of maturity Ahsoka already had at the beginning of yeah. the Clone Wars. I, I think that this is a moment, like, we don't necessarily see it before this, I think this is a moment where we can say, this is a, uh, I think we can for me at least i can kind of say safely that this is a moment when we see ahsoka maturing perhaps and i think that regardless of whether or not she would have done this when she was still at the temple or whatnot you know i think yeah. it is a bit i think it's a big moment for her let's talk about first of all obi-wan has a bad feeling about this this episode um they fight off this venus flytrap thing like what the heck was that I thought it was kind of interesting, the idea of a carnivorous plant, you know. Yeah, it was a little it was a little wacky to me. Does it have lungs? Can it move air? Why is it roaring? Why is it screeching? But, you know, it's Star Wars. It, yeah, it was Clone a little Wars. goofy to me, suspend but it's Star Wars. It was suspend yeah. disbelief. Suspend yeah. disbelief. Um here's a um so we found out find out the droll is a separatist trap the separatists um uh planted when they left the system of Iego which was interesting and Anakin, and Anakin spends the rest of the episode mostly um trying to take it down. Here is a um here's a uh, collection of quotes from Obi-Wan and Anakin um that I find found very interesting this episode. I don't know if okay. you caught on to these. Obi-Wan says to Anakin, "A great leap forward often requires first taking two steps back." Basically, sometimes you have to backtrack a little bit before you can really get what you want. Or, here's another interpretation I had of it. Sometimes, before you take a, a good jump, you have to first take a couple steps back, literally from the issue, and look around at it. Yeah, I See thought the that bigger was interesting. Um, but then Anakin uh, says back, and sometimes all it requires is the will to jump, which is, I yeah. think, an interesting juxtaposition. You know, Obi-Wan saying that sometimes you have to think a little bit more carefully and deliberate a little bit before you make a big decision. And Anakin saying, if you do that too long, then the decision gets... It gets made for you often. Oh, I was going to go with the decision, like... like if you take too long looking around to jump, you often lose the will to jump. Sometimes it's better to look around at your options and see what you have. And sometimes if you've already done that, you just got to go for it anyway. 
um, which I think is an interesting lesson that I don't feel like is really covered in the episode as much as I'd like it to be, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that. I think yeah. it's an interesting, I think I like that moment because I think both of the statements are true. Yeah. Sometimes like you have to look around, take your time, take some steps back, kind of go back to the basics. And if we're talking about a major life decision or, or a, a quick decision, and sometimes you do just have to, sometimes there, there does come a point where you have to say more deliberation isn't going to help. Yeah. We got it. We got to, we got to do something one way or another has to happen. Yeah. I'm going to go something now. Has to happen. Yeah. I'm going to go now to my final thing from this episode. Um, right. At the, the, the end of the episode, they're getting, he, uh, uh, they get the root and they get back to Naboo in time and Padme and Ahsoka and Rex and all the clones make a full recovery. The yep. ones who haven't died anyway. Uh, but Padme's on a stretcher. She still has the virus. She has not gotten the cure yet. And Anakin is standing right above her. They take hands. That to me is is maybe he inoculated himself somehow by taking maybe they took yeah. doses of the antidote. Six before, feet, like, buddy. Maybe. Six feet. I know. That part did mystify me because like, again, suspend disbelief and also Yeah. If if Anik like if there's anyone who would break Yeah, the rules. If there's anyone Anakin. who would like risk himself just to And like, also we don't know how it, contagious the Blue Shadow virus is and all of that. I mean that. we know that if it if they react so strongly to it when we know that it was a plague hundreds of years ago, it got it had to have been pretty contagious yeah, at the very But and we don't but we don't know like what how you can pass it and all of that stuff and like we don't we just don't know the Blue, the the how the blue shadow virus operates, but still, oh, no, we don't. Six we, we know feet, about buddy. It. Yeah, six feet, six feet, <laughs> for sure. Wear a mask. Yeah, please. Jeez. Anything yeah. Else? Anything else for this? No, I think that's really it. Um, which one do you like better? Which one did you like better? Mm, I think it's hard to pick. for me. It's really hard to pick uh, specific episodes because of how intertwined they feel yeah and and they just feel like one unit sort of but i guess i yeah. would pick the second episode i'd pick the first personally i'd pick blue shadow Myers. what did you what did you feel about this batch of episodes it's not a batch it's two how, how did you yeah. feel about them overall they were okay i actually kind of i i expected them to be worse for me because of the because of the whole too soon thing um but, like, they're probably going to end up in the Season 1 ranking. We're going to do a ranking of all the Season 1 episodes at the end. They're probably going to end up towards the lower half, but, like, not ridiculously Not low. too far. Yeah. For, you know, I thought they were okay. I thought they were good. I thought they had a lot of potential, but I just think that they didn't really make it as impactful as they could have. It was because it was... they were trying to keep it. It felt like they were trying to keep it light. Yeah, and there that was, got in the way. There of, wasn't a lot objectively yeah. wrong with these episodes, but they just weren't great. Yeah, um, I, would, I would, I can say that. Okay, well, I think it's time for us to get uh, get to everyone's favorite part of the show. One quarter portion. We got um, another one quarter portion segment this week. It's it's a long story. The segment where we explain Star Wars very badly to each other. Um, yeah, so do you want to go first? Have one. I'll go first this time. Um, 
a man lives a very nice life in a palace until his beloved pet is killed by a rock. A man lives a wonderful life in a palace until his beloved pet is killed by a rock? Yeah. Ooh. It, mm, is, it the, is it the life story of Jabba the Hutt? It's not Jabba the Hutt. Ah, oh, man, I was thinking of him in the Rancor. But you're very, is it you're very the close. guy you're... who keeps the Rancor in the Rancor? Malakili. Malakili. I feel Return so bad for Jedi. him, man. Yeah. He and the Rancor had a real strong bond. Yeah, I, I just I, got I'm, I'm uh, I got to Return of the Jedi this morning in my trivia watch, and so <laughs> I just watched that part this morning. Um, I found out, actually, I was looking up stuff on Malakili. I found out that he wandered uh, quite a bit in the Tatooine Desert after uh, Patissa. That's the Rancor's name. Uh, Patissa's death. Patissa. Um, yeah. He wandered a bunch in the desert, and eventually he was tracked down by the Red Key Raiders who were taking over the, the Tatooine village of Freetown. And guess who he came under the protection of? Who? Cobb Vanth. Wow. Man, Cobb, Cobb Vance is just showing up everywhere these days, feels like. You know what? I said I said to someone, I guess uh, that just goes to show, uh, sometimes both suns shine on a womp rat's tail. Uh, <laughs> so that's a Tatooine saying, I assume. Two it, suns, It gets said rats. in the Marshall. Uh, Cobb Vance really? said in the Marshall, yeah. Well, I guess I missed that part. It, it's right. in um, it's a, when they're on the speeders. Um, go ahead with yours. Okay. <clears throat> An overly religious dude takes a kid he just adopted to his place of worship. The oh. kid finds dead bodies, hallucinates about dying, then a disembodied voice leads him to a glowing rock. I think I know what this one is. What do you think it is? I think it's the tragedy. Mm, no, it's it's actually not the tragedy. Yeah, let me know if you need me to read it again. It was a little bit longer this say time. Say it again, say it again. Okay. A very religious dude oh, wait, takes I a kid he just adopted yeah. into his place of worship. Yeah, no, I got the it. The kid finds dead bodies, okay? Path of the Jedi. Yes, it is Path of the Jedi from season one of Star Wars Rebels. The overly religious dude is Kanan Jarrus. Jarrus. The kid he just adopted is Ezra Bridger. He faces his fears. You see why I thought it was the tragedy, though. I don't, actually. How come? The glowing rock, Tython. Oh, oh yeah. I missed the place of worship thing. Shoot. I could understand adopted, how you... Adopted son was the yeah, thing that, that kept me fits. up. Yeah, that fits very well. Yeah. But people, okay. who say that, uh, people who say that baby... Or people who say that Grogu and Din Djarin is the first positive father-son relationship, I don't think they've seen Star Wars Rebels. At least not fair recently. Point. Uh, fair point. Okay, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Next week is a crazy week for us. Next week we are recording the one-year anniversary of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, we're not doing anything special like for the actual episode. Like, Here's what I mean. We're not having a special episode. It's going to be episode 36 with some special parts of it. We're going to be reading questions, um, hot takes, six degrees, anything. Send them in to us. For our one year anniversary, we've already gotten some submissions. In addition to that, we're also going to be watching, I think, one of Jacob's favorite arcs of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. I think. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, Jacob. I think you're about to get really excited. I'm, I'm very excited for this. More for your sake, because I, 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 I like these episodes, but I think you love these episodes. Next Maybe week, 
Storm over Ryloth. Innocence Ooh. of Ryloth and victory on Ryloth. I don't know why I absolutely love the Ryloth arc. So uh Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really yeah. great. Um it's gonna be one year of Star Wars in a galaxy, and not only that, it's going to be our last Clone Wars arc episode of season four of Star Wars in a Galaxy. The week after will be a finale, our finale, and then the week after that will be a special episode um, that we already have planned, uh, and it's going to be quite a bit of fun. And that's where it leaves us pretty much for January um, in Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Make sure to uh, follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. We will be there. You should subscribe to us on YouTube. We're gonna looking into doing some more live streams and just like you can find all of our podcast episodes as videos on there. Um, Star Wars in a Galaxy. Follow us on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod, Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, yeah, I think unless there's anything else. Oh yeah. Whoops, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five-star rating, it really helps us with visibility. Um, if, uh, if there's nothing else, I think, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>